Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. I'm your host, Brina Morales. Today is Wednesday, June 28. The world has been talking about a possible recession since last year. Today, we're halfway through the year and there's still no recession. So where does our economy stand? Partnership Chief Economist Patrick Jankowski joins us today to talk about what everyone is still talking about, a possible recession. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Brian, it's good to be on again, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. All right, Patrick, I'm sure everyone has noticed the mixed messaging on where our our economy stands, and we've talked about this previously, but let's talk about why there are so many differing opinions on the health of our economy and whether we're headed into a recession. There's as many different reasons as there are opinions on the economy. You know, part of it comes down to where you live that has some influence on how you see the economy, where you went to school, what sort of economic school of thought you belong to, whether you work on Wall Street or whether you work for industry or whether you work for a nonprofit association like I work for. And also depends upon your political beliefs. All of them have some sort of influence on the economist who looks at the data, who tries to make some sort of conclusions. And it's the, the challenge for us as consumers and, and for me as another economist is to look at the data or look at the stories other people are telling to try to figure out just where the truth is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know you mentioned there's like more than 40 different <laughs> yeah, indicators. Yeah. I want, I want to use a metaphor right now. Uh, you may have remembered the so the little fable that we heard as kids about the, the blind men and the elephant and the blind men are asked to describe an elephant, and one goes up and, and fills the trunk and says, it's like a snake. And the other blind man goes up and fills the tail. He goes, no, an elephant's very much like a rope. And the other touches the, the elephant's stomach and says, no, it's very much like a wall. Uh, that's kind of what happens a lot with, with the economics and with the economy when economists look at it. You know, I, yes, you said there are 48 different, there are 48 major subsets. If you go to the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis's website, they've got like over 8,000 different data sets there, or 8,000, excuse me, they have over 800,000 different data sets there. So just where do you look at all that? That's one of the problems, like going back to the blind one with the elephant, you can only see so much. And what you see, it's it's based on your own experience, and it's just so hard to take all that in. So, so the elephant is one example. Maybe, let me back up and, and give you some kind of examples. Part of it is you know, living here in Houston, we see the economy very differently than someone living in New York or someone living on the West Coast. In Houston, things have been good for quite a while. We've had record job growth the last two years. And so it's hard for us to understand what other parts of the nation are going through. New York has barely recovered from the last recession. L.A. has barely recovered from the last recession. And so they're already a bit gloomy. But, you know, when, when things are going great in your backyard, you don't see what others are seeing in the economy. I hate to say this, but one's own politics does have some influence on how you perceive the data. The Pew Research Center has done some analysis, and they look at it. And, and during the Obama administration, obviously the Democrats saw the economy in a lot better shape than uh, the Republicans. During the Trump administration, Republicans saw the economy in better shape than the Democrats did. Now, the, the ironic thing is, right now, is neither Republicans nor Democrats see the economy in very good shape. And it's even though that job growth under the Biden administration has been stronger than the other two combined, uh, the issue is our personal experiences did start to override that. Um, under the Obama administration, we had inflation rate of about 1.3%. Trump administration, 1.3%. We had almost double-digit inflation. And it's that inflation which then overrides one's perceptions. I, I know I'm dancing all over this, but it's, it's so many different things. It's, it's your political leanings. It's the personal pain you may be feeling through inflation. 
Now, one of the challenges is just the economy is so complex. We're looking at an economy which is almost $27 trillion. We're looking at an economy which has over 1,100 different industries. We're looking at an economy which has almost 167 million jobs, close to 335 million consumers. So how do you parse all that out? How do you put all that together? Now, we try to create models as economists to understand that, but how do you create a model that takes into account what's happening in 1,100 different mm -hmm. industries? Uh, I say model. I think I kind of think about when I was a kid and I used to uh, put together model airplanes uh, mm -hmm. with the little glue and the decals and so forth. And, and, and you know, sometimes economists try to put the economy in that simple context, when it's really more like a jet fighter with so many different components and so many different things, which which uh, could go wrong or could go right, but influence the performance of the overall engine, the overall jet. So I guess what I'm trying to say is just it's so complex trying to understand what's going on with the economy. And that's the reason why so many economists get it wrong and why so many people disagree on it. You know, they may put more weight on employment and less weight on manufacturing output. They may put more weight on layoffs and less weight on initial claims for unemployment benefits. So um, it's really no surprise that we have so many different opinions on what's going on in the economy. It's just kind of like asking someone about sports teams and whether someone should someone should be on the on the Texans. 42-man uh, roster or whether they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Houston. You know, what's your prediction? You know, there's a prediction out there whether we're going into a recession this year or not. So. Oh, gosh. Can I correct you just for one Yeah, minute? go ahead. Uh, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not I'm not wearing a, a, a turban. Uh, I don't have tarot cards. So I'm, I'm not making a prediction. What I'm trying to do is make a forecast. So there's really no guessing in it. What I'm trying to do is looking at the data and based on what I see in the data and the underlying trends and some of how the economy has performed in the past, what am I forecasting? Right now, I'm not forecasting a recession for Houston. I'm not forecasting a recession for the U.S. I still see fairly strong growth. If you look at the U.S., the U.S. has created about 1.6 million jobs so far this year. Houston's created about 18,000, 19,000 jobs so far this year. So we're still seeing job growth. We see a slight uptick in initial claims for unemployment insurance, but an uptick is not a trend. An uptick is just an example of, of uh, maybe a little bit of, of rumbling there, but it doesn't so doesn't say that we're going to go into sort of collapse. I mean, there's so many metrics out there. Uh, home sales have actually picked up, and home construction has actually picked up. A couple things have happened. For one thing, you have would-be home buyers have accepted the fact that interest rates are not going to go down to 3%, and they've accepted the fact they're going to have to pay 5 or 6 or, gosh, hope not 7%. And so they're adjusting their expectations for how much house they can buy, but they still want that house. And so people are back on the market. If you want to look at home builders, home builders are, are, have more options to make a house affordable than you or I would if we we're going to sell our house. Now, I've locked in a really low interest rate. It's going to take an awful lot for me to want to take on a higher interest rate. Mm -hmm. But a home builder can say, well, I'll just build a little bit smaller home or I'll buy down points or I'll offer some sort of incentive. To make the long answer, we're seeing people buying homes and we're seeing home building. We're, we're even seeing automobile sales going up. Automobile sales are, are probably going to uh, finish up. Well, right now, they're, they're about a million ahead of where they were this time last year. Now, all those signs point to a certain amount of strength in the consumer side of the economy, and the consumer side of the economy drives 70% of all the activity out there. So let's also talk about something else that you keep an eye on, is the, the labor market remains tight. 
I'm so glad you asked me about the labor market. Right now, we have a very low unemployment rate, 4.4%. Uh, anything below 5% is a very tight labor market. Uh, we saw great job growth in May. We saw 18,500 jobs created. And what's nice about that, they were pretty much created all across the board. Every sector but two created jobs in Houston in May. Uh, you want to guess what the two were? Come on, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I should know this. Yeah, well, we'll think about it. We're, we're entering the summer season. And so what you're seeing is we're seeing a, some layoffs in education for educators, which are not on a 12-month contract. We just finished the tax season in April. So a lot of people who were brought on board for, for tax filing purposes and so forth have been let go. So the only two sectors we saw of job losses in May were in accounting and education. All the other sectors are growing, even construction and manufacturing, which I've had a little bit of worry about. But we saw job growth there in May as well. Patrick, before we continue, I want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for making today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. So that's the numbers, 53.com. Okay, Patrick, so what do you see in manufacturing in Houston? Manufacturing in Houston is, is one of the two sectors that I'm worried about. It's one of the weaker sectors. There's something out there called the Purchasing Managers Index, the PMI. It's a survey of the Institute for Supply Management does on a monthly basis. They ask their members questions about production and employment and inventories and back orders. They crunch a bunch of numbers, come up with an index, and whenever the index is above 50, that's a sign the economy's expanding, or at least that sector of the economy. The specific PMI, Purchasing Managers Index for Manufacturing, uh, slipped under 50. It's at 47.4. Doesn't signify manufacturing in a recession, but it does signify manufacturing is very weak. And what we've seen, if you look at, you know, what we export that's manufactured, if, if you look at chemicals and plastics and industrial and electrical machinery, we've actually seen a little bit of a drop-off on our exports uh, year-to-date compared to last year. We're above where we were in, in 2019 or 2021, just a little bit below where we were in 23. So it's it's mainly, I might classify it as, as softness, maybe even mushiness. I'm not quite ready to call it a recession yet for manufacturing, but I will say there is some softness there. Another area I'm concerned is this construction. We can't, couldn't keep up the pace of construction that we've had the past few years. But if you look at City of Houston building permits, they're actually up, but that's a reflection of activity that's happening now. You file a permit just before you break, break, break ground. If you look at construction contracts, you award a contract and then the contractor starts to get all his ducks in a row and then files for the building permit. Those are actually down. Those are actually down significantly, uh, almost 20% from this time last year. So while construction seems to be doing okay now, I'm very worried about it towards the end of the year and very worried about it next year. Uh, you know, what's, what's depressed construction? Well, part of it is higher interest rates. Uh, projects which made sense at a lower interest rate don't make sense at a higher interest rate. Part of it is concerned about whether we're going to have a recession. No one wants to be bringing a new project onto market as the economy is, is softening or the economy is tanking. And so projects are being put on hold. If we get by another six months, nine months, and there's no recession, I expect we'll see a huge pickup in construction again as these projects which have been put on hold or this hesitation to make the investment goes away. The drop-off in construction um, contract awards also impacts um, construction jobs, right? We've got another area. Yes. We're seeing a drop-off in construction employment. Not a significant drop-off, but we started seeing it earlier this year. Uh, that said, you know, we're above where we were at the depth of the pandemic, 
but construction never recovered to its pre-pandemic levels. Uh, I, I don't have a good explanation for that, and it is a bit concerning because construction is a tends to be it's it's a hot, messy job, but it tends to be a, a, a decent paying job here in Houston. Okay, Patrick. So let's talk about what's happening at the port. Can you talk about that? Uh, touched upon it briefly with manufacturing. We saw some of the uh, drop off in exports of chemicals and plastics and so forth. But overall, we're still, still seeing a healthy level of activity. Uh, probably the best metric is to look at how many containers are coming in and out of the port. And those big things you see being hauled down I-10 on, a, on an 18-wheeler. Uh, those tend to be things which are manufactured here, distributed here, so forth. Not as much bulk, and by bulk I mean the liquids. Liquids are important, but uh, they don't reflect necessarily what's going on in the shops up 290 or the, the shops out in the, the west part of town and the east part of town. Uh, we are seeing it, uh, a slight increase in containerized traffic to the Port of Houston, which is, is good to see. So it's, it's a sign that, you know, that part of the economy is still doing well. That's good. So what's your final message you want our listeners to take away from today's episode? Okay. I, we're good for another six months. Uh, I, I think that we can avoid a recession for at least another six months. My concern is what will happen next year. It, it's not that I'm expecting a recession. It's just there are a lot of unknowns. Uh, we're going to have to come up with another federal budget in the fall. That may cause another impasse and that creates uncertainty. Uh, the Supreme Court right now is trying to decide whether President Biden can forgive student loans. A lot of people have not been paying on their student loans for the last few years. If they suddenly have to start paying, the money they would have been spending on clothing or on housing or on restaurant bills will have to go somewhere else. Uh, there is a, a concerns uh, about you know whether it could be, and hopefully not, another outbreak of COVID. But right now, it seems like that's, we've got that under control. Uh, I guess to say is we're good for six months, and the reason why I'm not going to say beyond six months is the the amount of uncertainty increases beyond six months. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to go back to where I was back in December of 2022 mm -hmm. when we put together our forecast. Forecast had about three different scenarios: a low growth scenario of about 30,000, a middle scenario of about 60,000, and an upper scenario of about 80,000. Right now, from where I sit and to the data that I'm looking at and the trends I see in the economy, I think we can throw the low growth scenario forecast out the window. I think we're probably going to come in at somewhere between 60 and 80,000 jobs this year and most likely on the high end of that forecast. So it'll still be a good year for Houston. You know, not as good as the last two years, but the last two years were record-breaking years, and it's hard to break records three years in a row. Just ask the Astros. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, thanks for joining me today. And that's it for this episode of Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There, you will also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the partnership's work to make a difference in Houston. With special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Bayou Business Download.